Okay. Praise the Lord. What we want to do, though, is we want to see the manifest of God's kingdom on earth. And we're going to be looking at that today as uh, we're going to look at the, uh, let the church arise. We talked last week about uh, the power of decree. And let me tell you what, I pray you never forget that. And not only something you remember, but you will activate and do every day of your life, the power of decree. We can decree that which is in heaven and it can be manifest here on earth. But this here is kind of following along with that, that we as the church need to arise. That the world needs the church and the world doesn't know what it needs. But the world systems that are in play today will only lead to destruction. Darkness will only lead to more gross darkness. And without the interception of light, there is no hope. There is no direction. The world needs the church. Your family needs you to be the church. Your community needs for you to be the church. And uh, that's what I want to uh, call uh, on you today, for you to see your importance of who you are and whose you are, and you will rise up and be <clears throat> who God's created you to be. So let the church arise. Hallelujah. In Joshua chapter 2, we have some history recorded for us in the Word of God. It has some good verses, some good history, but there's also some bad verses and bad history, but we need to learn from that. So looking at verse 7 of Joshua 2, it says, Let the, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done in, for Israel. Now Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him with the border there of his inheritance at Timnaheres in the mountain of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaish, where when all the generations had gathered to their fathers, there was another generation that arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Moses knew the Lord, saw the works of God. Joshua knew the Lord, saw the works of God. The next generation of leaders knew the Lord, saw the works of God. But now there's a generation who arose who did, who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will learn from this history lesson today. And we will not repeat it. That we will not let this generation or the generation that is rising up under our, our responsibility, Lord God, that they will not rise up not knowing the Lord or seeing your great works. That we today as a church will rise up, give us wisdom, give us insight, fill us with your spirit, give us marching orders. I pray this morning that we will be used by you to let the generation that is coming up know you and see the great works of you, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The thing about good history is history will record the good and the bad, the pretty and the ugly. And you can learn from the good and build upon it and kind of like be on the shoulders of one generation and move to the next level if you will learn from history. But if you can take the bad and you can see that this is something we don't want to repeat because if we don't change something, we will repeat it. Otherwise, it would be like insanity. And I believe the Lord God is calling us to be responsible for this generation. I know God has placed that responsibility on us. You cannot talk your way out of it. You may be a smooth talker, but you can't talk your way out of it. You may say, I'm not, I'm not it. I'm telling you, God says you are it. 
Each and every one of us have a responsibility for this generation and the next generation that is coming up. And I'm telling you, it, it is something that our, the generation is coming up. They must see the demonstration of the power and the love of Almighty God in and through our lives. I know uh, Caleb, I see him in the second service here. He was in the first service as well. And I've told this story many times, but some of you may have not heard it. Uh, bless my heart. That's when I see young people want to come to church and they want to be in church. And, and at three years old in our little chapel, it was kind of like this big right here. And there was a seat right there where I used to sit. And he would sit there. He wouldn't go to children's church, wouldn't go to the nursery. He's about three years old. He wouldn't want to sit through the service. And, and I, I couldn't believe that. I didn't see many three-year-olds want to sit through the service, especially on the front pew and not with electronic, but sitting there listening as he would sit with his leg crossed, his finger up on his little dimple there, studying me. And I'm like, you know, he says ever since he could talk, he wants to be a pastor one day. So, God, you're doing something in this little boy. This is supernatural. I just can't wait to pull out of him, out of the mouth of babes. You know, God speaks to us. So there was one day we're driving home and we're down here on Centerville, turn on elbow. And, and I just uh, looked back and I said, Caleb, I said, I love it that you sit in the church service like that. And, and you're sitting there staring at me and just hanging on every word. What are you thinking about? You know, what, what, like, what is God saying to you? What are you thinking about while daddy's preaching? And he said, uh, well, I'd be thinking, when will this be over? And I got deflated really quickly. But there's something about it here. He is 12 years old and his Victor's friend sitting right there with him and his sister. They're right here on the front row still all these years later, what, nine years later. Let me tell you what. They've seen a demonstration of the power of God. They know God. They're growing in God. We will not have this scripture that we opened up with repeat under our watch. We will not allow a generation to rise up who does not know God or who has not seen the working of God. It is our responsibility. So let the church arise. In Ephesians 3 and 6, Paul is sharing with us the revelation that he received from the Holy Spirit. And he said, this is what God has showed me to show you, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel. He is saying, in Christ, God showed me, in Christ, we are one body. We are to be united through the agape love of God and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and as the body of Christ, he says we have a divine purpose. And that divine purpose, he says in verse 10, is to, intent, to the intent now that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That this power and wisdom of God at this time in life, at this time in the history of God's creation, is that God has chosen this thing called the church. Not a building, but a people. A people who is not Jew or Gentile, male nor female. They're, they're this level ground at the foot of the cross. The blood of Jesus comes and, and cleanses and removes all the stigma and all of the, of the stench of sin and brings us as a one people, the body of Christ. And he says that this is our purpose, that now through the wisdom and the power of God, that his power and his wisdom would be made known by the church. It is our responsibility to be the conduit for the power and the wisdom of God to be manifest here in this earth. 
but not just in this earth. He said it would be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. God tells us we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. That there's a real dark kingdom at work against the kingdom of God. There's a real devil and there are real demons and they're at work through this, this mid-heaven, this heavenly place. Not God's heaven, but this mid-heaven. And the Bible says that's where our real warfare is. And what we see in flesh and blood is only the manifest of what's coming through the spirit realm. So he says, now the church, we have been called, we have been ordered, we have been empowered, and we've been set up that we would be the conduit for the manifest of the power of God and the wisdom of God against these principalities and against these powers in heavenly places. And if you have attended Christian embassy very long and you have any perception to you at all and any ear to hear, then you know that we are on assignment at this church. We're not gathering here just to sing Kumbaya. We're not ha gathering here just to have a fellowship of safe people to, to, to hang out with and, and, to, and, and, you know, and just to kind of have a little club together. No, we, all of that can happen, but we have an assignment that we are the only hope. God doesn't have a plan B. He has a plan A because He knew plan A was going to work. He knew there was going to be a Christian embassy and people like that who would always say, yes, Lord, we want to do what you've called us to do. And we are to rise up and to make known the power and the wisdom of God against every force and every demon and every lie that is trying to come against our generation and the generation that is coming up behind us. And if you're listening, you know there are certain things that we've heard from the Lord here. That He wants things activated in this church. There's things God wants activated and flowing through this church. And if you have earring ears, you know that some of these things are that we are called by God here at Christian Embassy to work on releasing this generation and the next generation into their anointing. This isn't about politics and it's not about titles and it's not about this or that. It's about the purpose that God has given us for us to help this generation and the next generation be released into their anointing that God has placed on their lives. And we are called to make disciples and raise godly leaders in this house that you will lead in your homes, you will lead in the marketplace, you will lead in your community, you will lead in our state and lead in our country and lead in the world. We understand the godly concept of the Father, uh, that fatherly anointing, and we prioritize, please hear me, agape love. Eros love, that, that love between husband and wife that can be celebrated in the godly construct of, of marriage, holy matrimony. And then there's a filial love and there's a friendship love that, that friends can have which is beautiful. There's a familial love. There's a family love. Thank God we want our families whole. But let me tell you what, there's an agape love. That's the love of God that even while we were yet sinners, He loved us and He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to come and redeem mankind. It's a love that forgives. It's a love that doesn't hold grudges. It's a love that, that is just amazing. It is the love of God. And we prioritize that agape love, the true love of God, that transforms us and fills us and flows through us. That love unites us as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are closer than your blood kin. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are closer than anyone that you've ever even fought in battle with. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. 
And in Him there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile. An environment that heals racism, an environment that heals prejudice, an environment that binds us together in and through and by His Spirit. We understand here at Christian Embassy biblical authority and biblical leadership. We understand God's desires to see everyone saved, everyone healed, everyone delivered, everyone discipled, everyone anointed, everyone equipped, everyone empowered, and everyone serving. We know that to be the mandate of God. Amen. And here we love to encourage the arts and the gifts and the talents because let me tell you what, these are all deposits of God. They're on loan from God and we are to be held responsible for what we do with our talents. And here at this church, you must hear this, that we are committed to developing a governing people of authority called the church. That's what our purpose is. That's what I feel like every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time I have an opportunity, I'm a part of the divine plan of God to raise up and develop a governing, governing people of authority. Not just a government, but a governing people of authority. Not in name only, but in authority. Call the church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that very word prevail is like the picture of a battering ram coming against a gate that has been closed off. And it's like the enemy has stole things from us and locked us out. And he says, you're not getting them back. You're not getting it back. But I'm telling you what, the church comes against the gates of hell, batters the gates of hell. It cannot prevail and we take back. We don't let the devil take our next generation. We don't let the devil take our health. We don't let the devil just get by with anything. We are to be a governing people of authority called the church. Oh God, let the church arise you also know if you've been around any amount of time here at Christian Embassy that as your pastor it's just not in me to preach little sermonettes to raise up little Christianettes I just can't do it when I hear something from God I, it's just I can't help it I gotta preach it until we get it I gotta preach it until we get it we continue to press in on what God has revealed by the Holy Spirit until we see it being lived out in and through this church. And I see my role as the Apostle Paul saw his in Romans 1 and 11. He says, I've come to you that I may impart to you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Not just that you can go around with a spiritual gift, but that you may be established. And that word established means you're grounded, you're unmovable, and not just stuck, but you're going to the next level. It is an established means being built up higher and higher. Let me tell you what, we are not to get saved and just sit and just wait for old God, God to take us home one day. Let me tell you what, we have a purpose and we have a destiny and the world needs us and darkness is aggressive, but light is more powerful and we are to be established and go from level to level. Oh God, let the church arise. I believe God has given us a fresh anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As I sense there's a fresh anointing on this house, a fresh anointing to take us to the next level. That we're to go to the next level of praise. We're to go to the next level of preaching. We're to go to the next level of teaching. We're to go to the next level of ministry. We're to go to the next level of praying. We're to go to the next level of serving. We're to go to the next level of loving. We're to go to the next level of advancing. We're to go to the next level of evangelizing. The next level of giving, spiritual warfare, and the next level of prosperity and influence. I know that's what God is anointing us for. There will not grow up, a generation will not grow up who do not know God or see the works of God when Christian embassy fulfills our purpose and our place. We are governed in this church, let me tell you what, by the Spirit of the living God. 
We want to be Spirit-led. We want the Holy Ghost to have His way. We want the Holy Ghost to move and minister that even while we're preaching the Word of God, people are being healed, that you, the, the church is being advanced, the kingdom of darkness and chains of darkness are breaking off, that you're getting freed up, you're getting delivered, you're getting healed, you're getting promoted, you're getting wisdom, you're getting downloads from heaven, even at the preaching of the Word of God. We are governed in this church by the Word of God. We cannot get uh, on the, 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 the theme of the day or the theme of our culture and try to just ride that and be cool. No, we've got to be on the Word of God. We've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to preach the Word of God. We've got to memorize the Word of God. We've got to have our minds renewed by the Word of God. We've got to use it as a double-edged sword. And we've got to come against the gates of hell and the spiritual wickedness and darkness with the Word of God. So our agenda is to do the Word and our plans are to do the Word and our vision is to do the Word. Oh God, help us. The church arise. We want to take what God says to us and make it a reality. I know an amen is good and I love hearing an amen, but let me tell you what, there's something different from going from an amen to getting something done. We don't want to just agree with the Word. We don't want to just hear the Word. We want to do the Word we got to be doers of the Word. Hallelujah. Because nothing changes until it really changes. And nothing happens until it is set into motion. So the first initiation to setting into motion here at Christian Embassy is it begins with the Word and the Word coming forth in power. We cannot water the Word down. We cannot change the Word. I don't have the authority to change the Word. You don't have the authority to change the Word. You may not like the Word, but that's your problem. You need to get over that problem, get delivered in that problem, love the Word, because when everything else falls around you, the Word is the only thing that's still going to stand. So we need the Word coming forth in power where we begin to hear the Word, having our minds renewed by the Word, and then having a belief system established in our heart from the Word, so now we can strategize with the Word and we can put the Word into operation. Enough of this crawling around on our bellies and calling ourselves Christians. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not let this world press you on your belly, crawling around like the serpent, crawling around like the caterpillar, crawling around like Satan. No. He says, you, the church, have access to the Word. Your mind can be renewed by the Word of God. You can be transformed. That transformation metamorphosis is you go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You go from crawling to flying. And God's wanting you to go to the next level, but it's going to come through the Word and by the Word and of the Word. Hallelujah. That's why we here are incorporating always as our foundational truths concerning the kingdom of God that we cannot back off of and neither apologize for. Things like the power of the Word of God. Oh, there's power. There's power. When Satan came against Jesus, Jesus gave us the example himself, himself by saying, It is written. It is written. Devil, it is written. And he came against the devil with the word of God and he defeated the enemy with the word of God. Hallelujah. There's power in the word of God. But also there's transformational, foundational truths like the power of the Holy Spirit. We will never, uh, uh, we will never apologize for being spirit-filled and spirit-led. We will never apologize. We will never have to go and, and ask God to forgive us because we purposely grieve the Holy Spirit. That we purposely, because of some nominal reason, quench the Spirit of God. 
Let me tell you what, this isn't your house, this isn't my house, this is the house of God. And where the house of God is, His Spirit, His liberty. This is not for us to run to show, it's for Him to run to show. It's not for us to tell Him what to do. He's here to lead us and show us what we are to do. We are here to be led by the Spirit of God, guided by the Spirit of God, trained by the Spirit of God, raised up by the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost more today than we've ever needed Him before because there's a generation we see in the historical records of God's Word that can come up after a Moses and after a Joshua, uh, Joshua and after those leaders after Joshua and not know God or see the works of God. Let me tell you what, the only way the people of this generation is not going to know God or see the works of God is if we quench and grieve the Holy Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there's wisdom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there's the miracle manifest of heaven on earth. Foundational truths of the power of the Word, the power of the Spirit, the power of praise and worship. Oh, we're not here to sing songs unto ourselves. We're not here to in any way try to coddle ourselves. We are here to sing unto God. We are here because He said, come before me with song. Come before me with the dance. Come before me with the clapping of hands. Come before me with the dance. Come before me with shouts of praise. Come before me with singing. Come before me. He said, if you got breath in your body, you need to come before me with praise. We, we believe in the power of praise and worship. It's not just to open up until everybody gets here. It's not just to fill in a spot and fill in time. It is power, power, wonder-working power that flows in and through our praise and worship. We have the foundational truths here, the power of His name. There is no other name. No other name under heaven given among men that we might be saved. If you're going to get healed, it's going to be in the name of Jesus. If you're going to get delivered, it's going to be in the name of Jesus. If you're going to get promoted, it's going to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every knee has to bow to His name and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. There's power in His name. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, do I not have today? But what I do have, I give unto you. You've not been able to do this your whole life. Here's something you've never been able to do. But in the name of Jesus, now you can do it. And a man who's lame from his mother's womb is now dancing, running, jumping, and, and climbing the steps and praising God. Gets the whole city stirred up because of the miracle. There's power in his name. There's power in his blood. We're not going to water down the blood of Jesus. We're not going to stop talking about the blood of Jesus. Why? Because we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. There's no redemption without the blood of Jesus. We are born in sin, but Jesus shed sinless blood to pay off our sinful account. And if we deny the blood of Jesus, we deny salvation, we deny everything that redemption brings to us. There's power in His blood. There's power in prayer. There's power of purpose in fulfilling what God has called us to do. There's power in the agape love of God. There's power in giving. There's power, power. This is how the kingdom operates in authority. And, and I've done this because I'm trying to bring us, the church, to a place where we are established we are established into a place where we're so healthy that we're growing to the next level. To the next level. God wants you to go into the next level. And here in Ephesians, the apostle is teaching us that God has a plan. And we, the Gentiles, are a part of this plan. And we are a part of the church. Hallelujah! So let the church arise. So what is God's plan for the church? He tells you in verse 10. 
that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. By who? The church. That's God's only plan. By the church. By the church. To come against the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. See, it is God's design in the New Testament age that we live in to do what He does in the earth expressed in and through corporate anointing. That's God's choice. You say, well, I don't like the idea. Take it up with God. He's not going to change it for you. I can guarantee you that. So that means God has this plan of corporate anointing that He is going to express Himself in and through to this world. That means God is attaching His people. That's why the enemy is trying to divide the people of God. God is about connecting His people under spiritual leadership and authority and developing us into a people uh, called by His name in the midst of this earth. So, so it's not a one-person thing. It's not you and Jesus got your own thing going. That's why we purposefully here at Christian Embassy, it ain't about, oh, put Pastor Tim on a pedestal. I'm a servant just like you. And let me tell you what, I'll take the towel and I'll take the basin and I'll wash feet because that's what we're here to serve. And, that, and, and for you to see me not as some super spiritual hero that if you need a healing or you need a breakthrough or you need deliverance or you need somebody to get saved that you got to run to Pastor Tim. Let me tell you what, that might do a little to my ego, but my ego means so small. It is so small compared to God's kingdom work. I say, let's go with God's kingdom work. I don't need anybody brushing my ego. You are a royal priesthood. What I can do, you can do. The same anointing that flows through my hand when I pray for someone is the same anointing that flows through your hand when you pray for someone. So if your child has a fevered brow, don't you say, oh my goodness, I have no access to the kingdom of God unless I can get a pastor or something. No, you lay your hands on them in the name of Jesus and you declare and you decree right there in the presence of God and you come against that infirmity and say, spirit of infirmity, you got to go. Healing, you must come and manifest in the name of Jesus. You would be surprised at how God works. So it's not this one man show or one woman hero. It's us, collective, connectedness. God is bringing his family together. So we have to rebuke and we have to resist every attempt of the enemy that is trying to divide us because the enemy knows God's plan. And if you read the Old Testament prophecies, you will know that God says in the last days, and believe it or not, we are in the last days. He says that God will gather His people together. See, gathering is an end-time word. Hallelujah. See, the crowds, they come to enjoy, and then the congregation may come to celebrate, but the committed, the committed come to celebrate and to sacrifice, to be reciprocal and connected, and to be full-time, just like your finger is a full-time member of your body. When you're part of the body of Christ, you're a full-time part of the body of Christ. You don't come in here just to get a word, to go out there and forget it. You get, come in here to get a word, to go out there and demonstrate it. To be the church that shows the principalities and the powers in heavenly places that you're not taking the marketplace and you're not taking my neighborhood and you're not taking my home and you're not taking my city and you're not taking my state and you're not taking my nation. Somebody's got to put their foot down. Oh God, let the church arise. We are preparing ourselves and increasing ourselves and being established as a governing church. A governing church. I want you to get that phrase in your mind. A governing church who has the ability to be the agency of the kingdom of God on the earth. 
that we will be the agency of the kingdom of God on the earth. Hallelujah. And the agency and enforcer of that kingdom. See, the agency of the kingdom means that the physical and the visible example of an invisible and eternal kingdom. So what we as an agency of the kingdom, as a church, we are to be the physical and the visible example of an invisible and eternal kingdom. People cannot see the invisible and the eternal kingdom of God, but when they see the church, if the church will arise, when they see the church, they see the representation of God's kingdom in the earth. We are an agency of the kingdom. If you are part of the church, that is a mandate unto you this day to see yourself as the agency of the kingdom. That you are the visible, you are the tangible expression of the invisible eternal kingdom of God. That the God of all power wants to live in you and flow through you to affect the world around you. Light driving out darkness. Hallelujah. And we are the enforcer of restoration in the earth. And there's restoration that needs to be done. The church is the enforcer of the will of God in the earth. That's why Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell has brought much harm. The gates of hell has tried to steal this rising generation. The gates of hell has tried to bind up this generation. But he said, no, the church will be the enforcer of the restoration in the earth. And the gates will not prevail against the battering ram of the church. The church is taking back what the enemy has stolen. The church is taking back and bringing freedom to those that are bound and bringing life to those who are living in death. I'm here to tell you we are the enforcer of the restoration in the earth. That's why he says, I give you the uh, keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We don't need to bind anything in God's heaven, but there's a heavenly realm that we must war in. And that thing, let me tell you what feels like, it can be loosed in our home, bring spiritual infirmities in our home at will. No, bind it. Spiritual infirmity, spiritual poverty, spirit of whatever is trying to come again, you bind it. You put a stop to it. And you say, you're not, you're not allowed to operate here. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in this heavenly realm. Whatever I loose, there's things the enemy is bound. There's things the enemy is locked up. And you say, no, no, that's not yours. That's not yours. And you loose it. Whatever you loose on earth, you've got to put your foot down on earth. The church is on the earth. And here on the earth, whatever, we have the keys. The keys to the kingdom. We are the agency of the kingdom and the enforcer of the restoration in the earth. I believe God is saying to you today, I am anointing you, I am deputizing you, I am authorizing you to enforce my will on earth as it is in heaven. I am anointing you and I am deputizing you and I am authorizing you to enforce my will from heaven on earth in your home, in your body, in the marketplace, in the area of influence that you have. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, hallelujah. So if he says that we're to be the agency of the kingdom and enforce or of, the re, uh, of the restoration in the earth, let me tell you what, in praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. If sickness is not allowed in heaven, it's time somebody st- stand up and outlaw it on earth. 
It's time somebody enforced the restoration of that here on earth. If poverty is not allowed in heaven, it's time somebody would rise up. Oh God, let the church arise and outlaw it here on earth. If demon possession and oppression is outlawed in heaven, it's time that somebody put their foot down as the church of the living Jesus Christ and say it is outlawed in earth. If drug addiction and its darkness is outlawed in heaven, then its addiction and darkness should be outlawed on earth. Let the light shine. Let the church be the light. And let the church arise. Hallelujah. If abuse is outlawed in heaven, I'm telling you, it's time it be outlawed on earth. If prejudice and racism is outlawed in heaven, it's time it be outlawed on earth. Say, oh, you're not operating here, you old spirit. No, you're not operating here. In the name of Jesus, I loose the chains. I loose the bondage of God and let the love of God flow. Hallelujah. We are agents and enforcers of the kingdom of God. Not me alone. All of us. All of us. We're agents and enforcers of the kingdom of God. So we're not supposed to just get saved and get on the good old gospel ship. I'm telling you, I've been on a couple of cruises in my life and they get boring after the third day. My, they get a little boring. Your waistband starts getting tight, you know. And you done ate at every bar, every food bar and every side restaurant and everything because it's all included. And you're like, you know what? I don't need any more calories. I don't need any more carbs. Oh my. I need to get home and get back to work. Okay. We're not just supposed to get saved and climb up on the good old gospel ship and just say we're going to sail on through life till we go to heaven one day. No! As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to plant our feet down and we're to tell the devil, you can't have my city, you can't have my parents, you can't have my children, you can't have my teenagers, you can't have my body, you can't have my finances, you can't have my peace, you can't have my joy. I put my foot down. I have the keys to the kingdom and I'm going to say something about it and I'm going to do something about it. I've been authorized. I've been deputized. I'm going to rise up and be who God has called me to be, uh, an agent and an enforcer of the kingdom of God. And when the church gets this, we begin to be a governing church. And God has called me to lead us to be a governing church. A governing church. Now God has been reminding me all these years that He has given us fresh anointing to transition into being this governing church. So what does a governing church look like? Well, a governing church is a church that begins to dislodge the principalities and the powers that are over people, that are over a community, that are over a region. That we begin to dislodge these principalities and powers. And we begin to displace them. This is what God's called us to do. And ultimately, replace them with the rule of heaven on earth. Do you hear that? We are to dislodge these principalities. You're not going to, you oh, mafioso, mafioso, whatever. You're not going to just do, no, no. We have an authority greater than your authority. We have a power greater than your power. We have an assignment more eternal than your assignment. We're here to dislodge you, displace you, and replace you with the rule of heaven on earth. Now, 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 now get this. Spiritual climates are affected by ruling and dominant spirits of a region. See, when you have principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, you know what? Hovering over people, hovering over families, hovering over communities, 
And hovering over regions, they produce what's called a collective consciousness in the minds of people, which causes them to be resistant to the things of God. That's why people can feel justified in their ungodliness. All you got to do is look around and see our nation. We are seeing history repeat itself. A generation will grow up and not know God if the church will not arise. If the church continues to be silent and the church continues to do patty cake behind stained glass windows, let me tell you what, there will be a generation that arises who does not know God or have never seen God at work. Because these ruling demonic uh, uh, principalities over regions, it causes people to feel justified in their ungodliness. And they feel safe in their cold religious cathedrals because nothing is moving. They feel safe as long as they go through religious motions because somehow or another that's supposed to satisfy whoever and whatever. But their hearts have still been unpenetrated by the Word of God. And their lives are not changed by the Spirit of God. That's why they feel it's okay to be in segregation. Today, sadly, there's more segregation taking place in America right now at this hour. That is because of demonic spirits. That's not the Spirit of God. That is the power of hell trying to divide, the power of hell trying to cause pain and hardship to continue. Let me tell you what. That is taking place and they feel okay in segregation. They feel okay in stinginess. You feel okay with lukewarm preaching and tired singing. You feel like it's okay because those spirits are holding you there. But a governing church is a church in action and a church with anointing and a church who's advancing. This governing church, first and foremost, will rise up against the powers of the air and say, you're coming down. So if we go to that next slide, you'll see that that is what we as a governing church, we're to pull down strongholds. We're not to tolerate it. We're not to say that's just the way things are. That's just the way it's always been. Hello! God put us here to be a change agent. He put us here to right the wrong, to turn things back on the right course, on the path of righteousness for His name's sake. And if there's spiritual wickedness and powers that are binding an area or binding a region, it's time that we, the governing church, rise up and pull them down. Say, you're coming down. You're coming down. You're coming down. You're going to loose them and let them go. God gave that word to Moses, to Pharaoh. Loose my people and let them go. We're going to preach the same word. You demonic Pharaoh. Oh, spirits, you're going to lose the people of God and you're going to let them go. Somebody's got to say something. Somebody's got to say something. Because when people's minds are held by powers that govern them, I know you think all your thoughts are original. That, you know, you, thank you. I appreciate it, Sister Charlotte. She didn't. We somehow know, sometimes get thinking, oh, I came up with that thought I have, you know. That thought was handed to you. And they are reinforced in your surroundings. It's what psycho- the psychological community would call a confirmatory bias. A confirmatory bias, which means something is handed to you as a belief system. And then you look for external things to confirm what has been told to you. For example, if somebody told you that you were a slow learner, And then you get an F on your test. The F becomes a confirmatory bias that you are what somebody told you you were. And the power of the lie takes you into bondage. But Jesus said, when you know the truth, 
The truth has a power to set you free. From that power of the lie, you can be free. There's some of you here today are living limited lives because you're believing the power of the lie and I'm here giving you truth that will set you free. Let the truth of God's Word come in and sever the chains of the lie that has been handed down to you. See, people can't get free until the church understands that we are strong enough, that we have been empowered, that it is our purpose, it is our destiny, that we have the mandate from God to get up into the root of the thing and to loose its hold over the people of God so that the people of God can see the truth and their hearts begin to receive. And people that you think thought never would get saved, all of a sudden, they want to be saved. And people that you were convinced that never would be freed up from whatever bondage, the next thing you know, they're freer than you are. And you get jealous because they're freer than you. A governing church pulls down strongholds. Another thing a governing church does is we exercise territorial authority. We don't just pull it down and leave a vacuum there. We have to exercise territorial authority. That means that we become, as a church, we become the gateway through which God moves in and through a community. I'm here to tell you this community is better because of you here at Christian Embassy. There's things the enemy has tried to do in this community he's not been able to do because of you here in the Christian Embassy. Because the church is supposed to be the gateway of heaven. You remember Jacob when he wrestled with the Lord and there he saw heaven open and a ladder, angels ascending and descending, and there was a portal of heaven over the earth. He got up and called that place what? Bethel. It is the house of bread or the house of God. He said the house of God is where there's an open portal to heaven. Heaven gets down to the earth. Heaven can invade the earth through the portal of the church. Hallelujah. I say heaven and earth come together at the place called the church. That's why we're not in here to just do patty cakes. We're not just in here to give a hug and say, how you doing as everything. All that's sweet and all that's good. But let me tell you what, once we get through the preliminaries, it's time to get to business, to be in a governing church and being equipped and being better trained and encouraged and, 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 and challenged for we've got work to do this week. When we walk out of this door, we're going into our mission field. And let me tell you what, we got work to do. There are demonic strongholds. There's works of the enemy. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. And let me tell you what, it's been laughing at you because you didn't think you had any authority. But now you know you've got the authority of God Almighty in the name of Jesus by the power of the Spirit that through the Holy Ghost, you're going to be pulling them down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then finally, a governing church must become responsible for the spiritual climate remaining conducive for God to do what He wants to do. We can't ever drop our guard. We can't ever say, well, you know, really, this really doesn't matter. No. We set the spiritual climate. Yes. We are responsible for the spiritual climate to remain conducive for God to do what He wants to do. And I've taught you on spiritual climates before. Just as every region in the world naturally has a climate, uh, some colder and some hotter than others, there are spiritual climates too. There can be a cold spiritual climate. Anybody ever been in that? Where you go and they're resistant to the Word of God. They're resistant to the Spirit of God. But there are uh, uh, conducive climates that have been opened up using uh, the governing church's authority 
to exercise their authority to open it up where people gather and they continue to, to do what it takes to keep the climate and the atmosphere proper for God to keep doing His work. And that's what we are to do here. That's what we're to do in our homes. That we're not to think a revival, you know, it's like the visitation of God for years was what everybody longed for, a visitation from God. But the governing church is supposed to be the habitation of God. It's not a blowing in and a blowing out and us talking about that when hoping for another one. We are to be the living, breathing body of Christ that keeps the spiritual climate open and conducive for the Holy Ghost to do what He wants to do every day, seven days a week, not just on Sunday. Now look, you, you may not believe this, but it's true. It doesn't take you believing it to confirm it's true. It is easier to get some people saved in places, some places better than others. That's true. It's easier in some atmospheres than others for you to grow. There's easier in some atmospheres for you to be healed than others. I guarantee you, and it's not to brag in any way, but Christian Embassy with the healing rooms, we've become probably on record of having more healings uh, documented uh, over the past 15 years probably than any church I know of in Hampton Road. And why is that? Because God said, raise up a healing task force 15 years ago. And I said, what is a healing task force? He says, and he began to give me revelation. And, and it lined up with the healing rooms and what uh, uh, Cal Pierce had heard from God on the West Coast in Spokane. And we talked and we, we established the healing rooms here. And then the healing school. And let me tell you what, there's people from um, all denominations and no denominations at all that are coming. We get more emails weekly now than we've ever gotten in the history of the church of people's lives that are being affected and them coming and planning to come or heard about and wanting the healing rooms to pray for them. Let me tell you what, when you step up and say, I want to be used by God to set the spiritual climate that it will remain conducive for the kingdom work of God to be manifest on earth, you will see a steady flow. You will see a steady flow of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. And I prophesy to you out of Isaiah 35 today, as you as the governing church, I say, this is as you go forth with this word, as you go forth in courage today, as you go forth in this authority, where you go, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped and the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness places that you go and streams in the desert, the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay there shall be grass and reeds and rushes uh, because as you go as a, the authority church as you go as a governing church as you go as a representative of an agency of the kingdom of God I'm telling you the, life, the, the lifestyle and the landscape where you go is going to change because heaven is going to invade the earth don't amen amen so I I beg of you, don't be like a thermometer reflecting the ambient spiritual temperature. If it's cold, you're cold. If the spiritual atmosphere is open, you're open. If the prevailing spiritual climate is conducive to growth, then you grow. No! I say move over on the screen today. And don't be a thermometer, but be a thermostat. 
be a thermostat. God has called you to not take spiritual temperature. Rather, He says, I want you to be a thermostat and set the temperature both in the church, in your home, in your neighborhood, in the marketplace, and in your city, and in this nation, and in this world. We've got to realize that. Don't complain that it's cold when you have the authority and the mandate of heaven to go to the thermostat and make a change. You want to see fire? Let fire flow through you. You want to see passion? Let passion flow through you. You want to see healing? Let prayers come through you. You want to see people delivered? You start rebuking the spirit of bondage in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what, let the church arise! Let the church arise! By prayer and fasting and spiritual warfare, we can change the spiritual climate in our home and in our church and even in our nation. Zealous Christianity, confidence in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, enthusiastic evangelism and effective witness may be waning in some churches, but we will not let it wane here at Christian Embassy. We will not let it die. There's another generation coming up and we cannot let them grow up and not know God or see His great and awesome words. So as a governing church, it is our responsibility to keep the spiritual climate conducive for God to do what He wants to do. How can we change the climate? I'm going to try to wrap it up in the next few minutes with this. Spiritual climate can be changed and altered through many ways, but I'm going to focus on one in closing, and that is praise and worship. See, there's a big difference between a song service and praise and worship. And the main difference is one is just singing songs, but not with much unction. Whereas the other singers are saying, this is so much more than me just singing a song. This is so much more than me just singing something I like. This song has the ability to dislodge principalities and powers. This song has the power to pierce through the darkness and to keep this atmosphere conducive to the Spirit of God, moving in and through the house of God and changing the spiritual climate with the climate of heaven on earth. See, if the saints become all quiet and reserved and cold and bound, it creates a climate and an atmosphere where the saints are bound and the devil is free. Just remember this, when the saints are bound, the devil is free. There is no vacuum, there is no middle ground, there is no just a, a, a safety zone. If the saints aren't being light, then darkness is invading. But when the people of God get free, and we open up our mouth and we give witness to the agreement of the Word of God by saying amen. And we clap our hands in a shout of victory. And we begin to lift up our hands in freedom and lift up our hands and exalt Him. And we sing with some dynamo and we sing with some energy and we sing with some authority. Things begin to shift. They shift. And the Spirit of God begins to rise up through the governance of His church and manifest Himself in the climate. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise Him with the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments. Praise Him with the trumpets. Praise Him with the cymbals. Praise Him with every breath that you have. And when you do, something begins to happen and the atmosphere begins to change. The Bible says, when you begin to praise, God, then God arises. When you begin to praise God, God arises. 
when you begin to praise God, God arises you. And I'm telling you, when you praise Him, and He your praise and worship stirs Him. Your praise and worship stirs Him. Your praise and worship causes Him to stand. And if you remember your Bible, let God arise. And when He rises, what happens? The enemies are scattered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we began to sing, get up, God. Oh, in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament, they would say, get up, God. Stir up, God. Roll in with your right hand of power, God. God, do something. Do something. They provoked Him in praise. See, praise and worship is not about getting rhythm for you to move to. Praise and worship is not about a tune that you like. Praise and worship is about stirring up God. He wants to know, do you know you're a governing church? Do you know you're an agency of the kingdom? He said, are you going to call on heaven? Are you going to pull on heaven? If so, praise me when you don't feel like it. Praise me when you're in an inner cell in the midnight hour, been beaten and wrongly accused and locked up and your freedom's been taken and you praise me and you stir me up and I'll come in and shake your prison bars loose. I'll break off the chains and I'll bring you out with the least likely getting saved. He and his family. Come, hallelujah. What happens when God arises? What happens when God arises? What happens when God arises? Like spraying raid on roaches. They got to go. They got to go. So as a governing church, pull down some strongholds. Don't let them, don't let them linger over. Pull them down. Exercise territorial authority. And you set the spiritual climate. Make it conducive for the power of God to work in and through you. I close with Ephesians 5 and 14. The Lord says, Ephesians 5 and 14, the Lord says, Awake, you who sleep. Wake up. Wake up, church. Wake up, church. Wake up to who you are, whose you are, and what you're called to do. Wake up. Arise from the dead. And if you'll do that, what will happen? Christ will give you light. Christ will let His anointing flow. Christ's miracles will flow. The manifest of the anointing will happen when you wake up. When you arise from your, the dead place that you're at. Oh, church of the Lord. Ephesians is written to the church. Telling the church, wake up. Telling the church, get up. Get up. Put your foot down. And then the anointing will bring the miracle. Wake up. Get up. And get going. The anointing will flow. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus you would take your word. You would work your word in and through the fibers of our being. Lord, in such a way that we're not hearers but doers. That we're ready to go out into this, this week and that we're going out into this week, Lord God, to be enforcers of your kingdom, agents of the kingdom of God and enforcers of restoration in this earth. Lord God, going out to pull down strongholds and exercise territorial authority to open up a gateway of heaven to earth and then keeping that spiritual climate conducive for you, God, to do great and mighty things. Lord, I pray that there would not be a generation that would grow up under our time of responsibility who do not know you or have neither seen your mighty works. God, help us today. Help us as a church. 
Lord God, to, to ask for your forgiveness for where we have failed. But Lord God, as we wash our hands and we thank you for the cleansing of uh, and the forgiveness and the redemption that comes from you, Lord, let us also roll up our sleeves and put our hands to work. Lord God, that we would be the governing church, that we would go forth in power, go forth in might, and that we would put the enemy to flight and we would rescue our children. Oh, that they would see. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, your children and your grandchildren and your co-workers and your colleagues. I'm praying right now. Folks, you're going to bump into in the marketplace. They're going to see. They're going to see. They're going to see. I, I declare it right now. They're going to see the manifestation of heaven on earth through your life this week. There's going to be miracles flowing through you. You are hearer of the word. You're going to go do the word. And let me tell you what. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You don't need to shout, pray. You don't need to throw them down. You don't need to kick them hard. Do anything like that. Just lay hands on them and pray for them. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now as a conduit, an agent of heaven on earth, I am a conduit right now for heaven to flow through me in the name of Jesus be healed right now in the name of Jesus be delivered I'm telling you you're going to go to those who are bound and you're going to come against those spiritual forces and you're going to cut you're going to cut you're going to cut you're going to cut them right now in the name of Jesus chains are going to fall off chains and bondage is going to go in the name of Jesus you're going to see the manifest of heaven on earth in and through your life as you go out as change agents of the gospel of Jesus Christ We've been deputized, we've been authorized, and now we're being sent forth to exercise the authority that we have. Lord God, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice tuned in, maybe thousands of miles away or right around the corner or here in this building, don't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would see the importance in this open heaven moment. They would see the importance as their eyes are open to see that eternity is real. And that if they don't make things right with you, that they're going to split hell wide open. People don't like to tell people that anymore. But hell wasn't created for them. It was created for Satan and his demons. And only those who reject you, Lord, will find themselves there as well. There may be someone right now who said, I'm not rejecting the Lord any longer. I'm embracing him. Jesus, Jesus. Just invite him right now. Call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Call on him right now. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, ask God's forgiveness. You are a sinner. We're all born in sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, forgive me. Ask him now. Forgive me, Lord. I repent, God. I don't want to live the way I've been living. I don't want to keep thinking the way I've been thinking and doing what I've been doing. Forgive me, Lord. I want to turn to you. I want to turn from my way of waywardness, and I want to turn to you. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me, Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God, and God has raised you from the dead. I believe. And I confess that you're my Lord. I surrender my life to you. Just pray that right now. Just pray that right now. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Hallelujah. If you pray a prayer in faith, similar to that right there, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. But now, to be born again means that you're to rise up and be a part of the body of Christ and to be a part of the governing church and to grow and to, and, and to be uh, used by Him to advance his kingdom. So you got to tell others. you got to tell others about him. you got to tell others about Jesus. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord just prompted in my heart
that there's somebody here that needs a healing today. There's somebody here that needs a breakthrough. Somebody here needs a miracle. Wow. Yes, Lord. Somebody needs a miracle. Yes, Lord. God says, I want to do it. I want to do it for them right now. Prayer ministers, if you would, just come make yourselves available to be agents of change. To be agents. And you need prayer? Come. Let these prayer ministers pray with you right now. God says, I just said, you just put in my heart. Somebody needs a miracle here this morning. Somebody needs a breakthrough. Somebody needs a breakthrough. These prayer ministers are here. They'll stand in agreement with you. Just come. If you want that miracle, if you want that, need that healing, if you need that move of God, just come. Man, if I was you, I'd be running. I'd be running. I'd, my faith would be on fire right now. I'd be running. Say, yes, Lord. I'm not, I'm not missing my opportunity. I'm not missing my breakthrough. I'm not missing that next level God's got for me. Would you come? Father, we want to thank you right now as we pray for those that are coming, Lord God, for their miracle, coming for their breakthrough, coming for that supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. Lord God, as a congregation, a governing church, we join our faith in the name of Jesus. We come together and we rebuke every spirit of infirmity. Come on, join with me now, church. We got to do this together. We rebuke. We got to pull down these strongholds. We come against every spiritual attack. We come against every spirit of infirmity. We come against every disease. We come against every brokenness. We come against every weakness. We come against every chain. We come against every bondage. We come against every lie. We come against every thing that the enemy's trying to do in spiritual wickedness in high places over these people's life right now. We rebuke you, devil. We resist you in the name of Jesus. Come off of their life. Come from over their household. Come from over their, their homes and their businesses and their lives. In the name of Jesus, we resist the devil. We rebuke him. He must go in the name of Jesus. And now as, as agents of change, as uh, to make conducive for heaven to come to earth, Lord God, we pull on the redemptive power. We pull on the atonement right now for their healing right now. We call on it right now. We pull on it and we say in the name of Jesus, be healed be healed whatever their miracle need is in the name of jesus receive your miracle right now go home and be made whole hallelujah and whatever freedom you need, we say in the name of jesus by his word you are free he whom the sun sets free is free indeed we declare your freedom and your liberty right now from that bondage from that stronghold for that thing that's been holding on to you in the name of jesus hallelujah in the name of jesus we come against the power of that lie that lie that maybe has been spoken over you all your life. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We pull it down. We break it off of you. And we replace it with the truth. Hallelujah. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. That you're the apple of his eye. That he dances over you. He's etched you in the very palm of his hand. That there's no shadow of turning with him. He has not turned his back on you. He has not forsaken you. He has not left you. He will never leave you. And no one will take you out of his hand. Hallelujah. So embrace Him. Hold on to Him. Receive the love He has for you. Re reject the lie and receive the truth in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, the spirits of poverty got to go right now. Spirits of poverty got to go in the name of Jesus. 
Lord God, we pray for an open heaven over Christian embassy, not only for this generation, but for the generation that's coming up. Oh God, we pray that they would see the supernatural manifest of your power, the super manifest of your love, the supernatural manifest of your grace, Lord God. Even let it be greater in the next generation. Let it be stronger in the next generation. Let it be more powerful in this next generation, Lord God. We reach out to our teens. We reach out to our children and we speak over them. We prophesy over them. You shall not walk in darkness but you shall walk in light you shall not walk in bondage but you shall walk in freedom you shall not walk under the spirit of this age but you shall walk by the spirit of god you will not be bound but you will be free you will be an influencer you will be a, a world changer you will be a, a kingdom of god in heaven and force or here on earth as well we speak this over our teenagers we speak this over our children all the way to those that are still in the womb in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're not having this generation or the generation that's coming. You're not going to have it anymore. Hallelujah. Now, Lord God, help us to keep this place conducive with a spiritual climate of openness to where thy kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are doing. And Lord God, with great anticipation, I thank you for what you're about to do this week. This week is a miracle week. This is a miracle walking, talking, living week for the people of God. We're going to walk in the miracles. We're going to talk in the miracles. We're going to see the manifest of the miracles. And the generation that is coming up is going to see the exploits of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Lord, anoint, preserve, seal, and keep us in perfect peace as you seal your word upon our hearts, the good soil, that it can bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Lord, let your blessings, your anointing, your grace, and your love go with each and every one as we go now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said...